You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, what a delight it is to be together this morning. Today, I just want to press pause on the series that we've been doing called Invitation. The theme has really been inviting you into the fullness of a relationship with Jesus, but also inviting you to share that with others. We want to invite other people into what the Lord might want to do in their lives. But today, we're just pressing pause on that to celebrate our third birthday. As a church, we're about to start our third year since we went to Sundays. And as as a new church plant, we want to mark that moment and our our love and our heartbeat for, for this city. And today really marks a moment to, to reflect, to celebrate. It's a, rem- it's a moment really to remind ourselves we're right at the beginning of our journey together and we don't want to take another step without praising God for all that he's done among us. Let me just read um, from Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 9. It says this, you displayed miraculous signs and wonders against Pharaoh and his officials and all his people, for you knew how arrogantly they were treating our ancestors. You have a glorious reputation, and that has never been forgotten. You divided the sea for your people so that they could walk through on dry land. And then you hurled their enemies into the depths of the sea. They sank like stones beneath the mighty waters. You led our ancestors by a pillar of cloud during the day and by a pillar of fire at night so that they could find their way. The whole chapter is worth a read. I'd encourage you to have a look. There's highlights, there's challenges, there's warnings, there's, there's wisdom that can be gained from from hindsight many prayers and speeches that we see in the bible like this one that we find in nehemiah include this long summary of israel's history because individuals didn't have their own copy of the bible as we do today so the the summary of god's past works reminded the people it reminded them of their great heritage and it reminded them of god's promise for them as they looked ahead. And it's important that we have moments like today to do just that. We don't just want to be biblically obedient, uh, sorry, biblically literate, we want to be biblically obedient. Often I think we can fall into the trap of thinking that we just need to know stuff. We've just got to have head knowledge, but we've also got to live it out. We've got to um, have places and um, environments where we live out what we've come to know of the Lord and therefore it's important that at times like this we remember we reflect we celebrate what the Lord has done among us as we look to what is ahead and also that we celebrate the ongoing moments of discipleship the ongoing moments of change in our lives among us and today that's really our intention that's what we're going to do together we took a risk when we planted this church we took a step of faith that's really what risk is faith is risk as we step out and it's in stepping out into the unknown in stepping out into trusting God that you see him do things many of you obviously have joined us on that journey and today we have just another opportunity to celebrate together and as we do that what we really want to do is just grab a snapshot of what the father is doing among us we want to remind ourselves This is what the Lord has done, but the job is not done. 
if anything, we're right at the start, just beginning. The Lord has been so good to us. There's so many stories that we could tell and reflect on. But by way of just gaining a little brief insight into that, we've asked a few people if they would share part of their story and their journey. So as I invite each one up, um, it can be quite a nerve-wracking thing to do if they're not used to doing this. So why don't we give them a huge round of applause. And um, without further ado, Anjan, why don't you come and join us? Cheers, Paul. Thank you. I've got my notes here. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Finished today. <laughs> I'm glad the Lord's done a lot. Uh, yeah, so hello, uh, I'm Anjan, and I've been with Emmy, MV, or Manchester Vineyard. So I'll use MV during the, the talk um, for almost two and a half years. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Do you, do you want me to ask? Yeah, yeah, go question? for it. Yeah, no, yeah, you okay. go for it. Yeah. I'm um, going to stay with you. Okay. Um, it's a comedy double act yeah, yeah. right here. Anything can happen. <laughs> our, our family felt uh, drawn to uh, Manchester Vineyard um, at an early stage. And previously we'd been in Ardwick um, and we served the church for seven years. Um, obviously MV started off in a, a pub, the Rampant Lion. It was nice because we visited once. Um, but we didn't really think it was home. So um, when we looked on the webpage uh, a few weeks later on, uh, they'd moved to Ardwick to Dean Trust. Um, so we came along and uh, immediately my daughter and wife said, well, this feels like home, so uh, we need to stay. So obviously we had to tell the other church we're leaving. Uh, <laughs> so that takes time as well, so it's a process. Um, but what we loved about uh, Manchester Vineyard was also, um, it challenged people to know God more um, it, it stretched us because obviously we want to grow, we want to step out and we want to apply what God teaches us. So if he tells us something, we've got to think, okay, does God say I've got to do that? Um, the great thing about the leadership team of uh, Manchester Vineyard is that um, they encourage folks to reach out. It's not like staying, in, staying inside and they want to get us outside of the comfort zone because it's so easy to do what you know but you've got to stretch yourself. Um, so we do like door knocking. So I'm sure that everybody's excited about that. Uh, <laughs> but we don't, no, not everybody has to do it. But, so I thought, okay, that's cool. We chat with people. Um, and then we go into the community and talk to people. Um, and what has impacted me as well is that the church allows time for God in the service. And even they have times when it's just quiet. And I think we're not used to quiet. It's quite scary, but... That's so good as well. Um, and th that allows God to move in our lives. Um, so the church always looks outwards. Um, it has a desire to meet with, uh, with God. Um, and the group of people that mostly that I'm with, they have such a desire to make a difference. And if you use that in just coded language, it'd be MAD. So that means mad. So, but we are kind of mad because we want to make a difference to people. Um, and it's not just within the church, because that's easy. It's outside the church. Um, and I'm excited to share uh, with people about God <coughs> and how God can be part of their lives as well. And yeah, wonderful. Great. Let's give him a clap. Thank you, Andrew. Leave that with me. Let's, let's welcome Emily. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Come on. 
Christian. Uh, my dad's a Christian. Um, he's the only one who is in my entire family, so big up Brian. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I went to church when I was a kid, but um, it, the, the church was um, interesting and I never really, I, I just went for my dad basically. Um, and then when I went to university, I stopped going altogether and I moved to Manchester um, a, a year ago, so last September. And in that year, I left university, moved to a new city. Both my parents lost their job and my dad um, got sick all within like around about nine months of each other. So um, wasn't having the best time, um, but a few people had mentioned going to a church, finding a church, my dad in particular, but I was absolutely adamant. I was pretty much sticking my fingers in my ears, refusing to listen to God and then wondering why nothing good was happening. So, um, and then I came to Manchester Vineyard. Um, Charlotte brought me. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so great. Um, and like Anjan said, like home, it just is so overwhelmingly powerful, the feeling that Manchester Vineyard gives you when you come here. Um, and then I went to Naturally Supernatural, against my better judgment. Um, I don't camp, um, but it was, <laughs> it was amazing. It was, without fail, the best week of my life. I was I still had some doubts, but I, I met with God so strongly, night after night, to the point where I just couldn't even deny it anymore. And I, I felt him say to me, you know, enough now, enough doubts. And the next day, I gave my life to Jesus, and then um, I've pretty much not looked back. Like, I've joined a team, um, joined a small group, just oh, loving life. It's so great. Um, and I'm getting baptized next week. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, full disclosure, this is the exact same script, so you'll be hearing it twice. So, <laughs> buckle in. Um, but, yeah, so how has Manchester Vineyard impacted me? Like, I just can't. It's just changed my whole life. Like it's just been the most. I'm going to go rush. But it's just been the most incredible experience. I've met the most amazing people, um, who've shown me so much, um, and it's changed me so much as a person. Like it's it's calmed me down. I used to have a bit of a temper, so it's it's you know it's calmed me down. It's made me feel loved, and it's enabled me to bring other people in, which is so cool. Like to be able to bring people into an environment where I know they're going to be loved, and I know they can see what we are supposed to be doing and to feel God's love is so cool, so great. Um, and I'm just so excited to learn more as a Christian, to be part of this community, but to do more for the wider community. I'm excited for a cause to live for. I'm excited for, oh, just everything. I don't know, I'm excited, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I just, that's, I don't know. I can't put it into words. It's just been, I've only been in four months and I just can't believe I was never a part of it. And my flatmate literally just said to me, so have you been here a year? Like, is this the second time you've done this? And I was like, no, four months, just love life. So, yeah. Um, cool. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Sophie, why don't, why don't you come up? Oh, there you are. Hello. Um, let me just find my notes. Might help. Um, so if you don't know me, I'm Sophie. Uh, and I'm a student. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I moved to Manchester a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, um, for university. Um, and when I was coming to uni, so I've been a Christian for quite a while. Um, so I was thinking about, you know, where am I, where am I going to go to church? Um, 
And there's another church in Manchester where I know a lot of people. Um, so there was a summer camp that I went on growing up, and a lot of the leaders came from that church. So I was like, cool, I'll go to City. That's it. I'll come to Manchester. I'll go there. I know people. It'll be great. Um, so I went along there, and it was cool. Um, but it didn't quite feel like the right fit. Um, and then I remembered what my sister had said. So my sister goes to Leeds Vineyard. Um, and I'd always loved going to her church. Um, and she was like, oh, you should find out a vineyard ch church. Um, so I came along like a week into being in Manchester. Um, and I don't wish to repeat, but it felt like home. <laughs> like People keep saying it because it's true. Um, but yeah, I instantly felt at home. I felt welcomed. I felt loved. I felt valued. Um, and I felt such a strong sense that God was saying, this is home now. Like, this is where I want you to be. This is where I have placed you. Um, and I haven't really felt that before. Um, I haven't really felt in my life before that God has specifically placed me somewhere. Um, but I've really felt that with Vineyard. Um, so starting uni was difficult. Last year was a tough year. Um, you know, I was uprooted. I moved away from home for the first time. Um, and it was like overnight, my entire life just changed. Um, you know, I didn't have my friends or my family or my home or anything familiar. Um, but Envy is where I found home, um, where I found family, where I found stability. Um, and I found people who didn't know me but wanted to know me and wanted to love me and support me, even though they'd, like, literally just met me. Um, and Sundays, Thursdays, absolute highlight of my week. Um, like, if you're not in a small group, join a small group because... Honestly, like, I found a family, and um, I think if I hadn't got involved in a small group, I wouldn't have got to know people in the same way. Um, but, yeah, I, I just love the community that is here. Um, and, yeah, so over, over the last year, like, people here have kept loving me and supporting me and pushing me towards Jesus. Um, and a year that could so easily have put so much pressure on my faith and really shaken it instead has like strengthened my faith and grown my faith um and I'm not sure how it would have worked out um if not for that um and going back to something Paul said earlier about living it out like that's what I've found here that was so different to my experience of church in the past was people who don't just talk about doing the stuff but actually do it um and I think for me that's been like such a key part of like the life of this church is that we don't just talk about doing stuff but we do it and like that has been something that I haven't really experienced in the same way with church in the past um so like this year God has taught me loads about myself he's taught me about what I can handle he's taught me to trust him more that it's okay to be weak that it's okay to ask people for help um he's been teaching me patience and forgiveness but most of all he's been teaching me that he can use me um and envy has been a really big part of that. So I've been challenged to do things that I didn't think I could. Um, you know, going out on the streets, um, doing street ministry, that flipping terrified me. <laughs> it still does, to be honest. Um, but getting involved with youth work as well, like I thought I was too young, too inexperienced, not cool enough, um, not confident enough. Um, but yeah, like God has just shown me that even with, all of my flaws, all my insecurities, he can still use me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been cool to have a space and possibilities for that being here. Um, 
so I'm just really, really excited to be back. Like, summer was way too long. I really, really, really missed Manchester when I was away. Um, so it's just cool to be back, and I'm so excited for everything that God is doing in this church and in this city. Um, and, yeah, just really excited to get to be a part of what God is doing, um, part of, you know, this project with this building and, um, yeah, just trying to love our community better. I'm so excited. Wow, amazing. Thank you. Thanks, well, last but by no means least, John. Come on. Let's give John a clap. Yeah, are you all right? Yeah, thanks. Good. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name's John, and happy birthday again. Uh, and it's, uh, it's my second birthday. It's my two years I've been coming here. More than six times. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I've been a Christian since the early 80s, Billy Graham, when he came to Liverpool. And probably about 90% of people here weren't born then, were they? Uh. <laughs> There was no internet, no mobile phones, no walking around with headphones on. People spoke to one another. <laughs> Had to get that in. Before coming to Manta Vineyard, I went to a church down the road where Anne, John and Sally talked about. Anne, John talked about. Uh, we also went to the church. We did everything there. Sunday school, played in worship, did drama with the children. I even put fire doors on, glazed the roof, gardening. Anyway, when it wasn't possible to come to church, I was like milling around for a year or two. And Anjon reminded to come to the Manchester Vineyard. He sent me the postcode. And I walked up to the building. I actually thought it was a Jehovah's Witness place, Kingdom Hall. I thought, it's not a church, this. <laughs> now, I actually driven past here for quite a year or two because I watched it being built. I drive around here all the time, you know. Uh, as I walked in the door, it's the same thing, my stomach jumped, and I knew this was the place to be. Anyway, I thought, approaching 70 years of age, I would be surplus of requirements. And I, I'd realised I'd been a desert for a long time. I'd actually come to the promised land, coming to Manchester Vineyard. I think I've got to know who I am now. God knows who I am, but he wants me to know who I am. And I realise now that I am capable of. I want to be a fourth rather than a function, wow. like being a host team. It's amazing from 8.30 till 2, 2 o'clock in the daytime. Everyone's flying around, and it all works like clockwork. Everyone has a function to do, and it makes things happen. We're like a lot of ants going around here and there. <laughs> For years, every time someone was coming to our home, my wife and my daughter would hide my Bible and guitar. I weren't to mention God. I did. You know, <laughs> got in trouble all the time, but since coming here, things are a lot better now. Um, they do actually leave my Bible out, you know. Anyway, the jewel in the crown has to be Eloise, my daughter. Last year, she said, I want to come to your small group. I thought, no, these are my friends, because I can never speak <laughs> I never could speak to her friends. If ever she brought her friends to my house, I had to get out. <laughs> and um, anyway, she did. And it was a bit strange at first, you know, having, you know, someone there who, you know, at first they didn't even believe in God and 
Anyway, um, and then she started coming to church. I don't think she's here today. She usually turns up after. Not here, is she? Oh, it's your daughter, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I see. And it's not that. Anyway, Vidal, who's coming to church, gives me hope for my mother-in-law, who lives with us. And I just put this in. She doesn't really like me much. If ever I sing that song, uh, All is Well With My Soul, I'm in the bathroom. I can hear her shouting, Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and actually, this very week, because I feed her every morning, um, she actually said good morning to me. That's, that took six years, <laughs> you know. Wow. Anyway, going to small groups. When I come to church, it's like a school playground. Everyone running around, bumping into owners and saying hello and hi. And then when you go to the classroom, it's like going to small groups. And it's good. Where you create a bond with people and grow deep in relationship with God. Going to small groups started me off, in it, off a gear. I've experienced more of God's love. This year, I've committed going to 401. It's like going up into the upper room. And I can really feel the friends of God, the love of God all day. Recently, my right shoulder had been frozen. I could only move it up like this for about two months. I had physio, but it wasn't really working. Last Sunday, Paul shared about someone with a bad shoulder. Uh, and I until I was on my way home, I was able to lift my hand up like this. So if it doesn't happen here, it'll happen on the way home. <laughs> Last Monday on 4-1, on we were praying for healing for someone else. And I prayed with them to be able to pray the same power that healing me would heal them. Wow. I feel like part of a family. I'm in fellowship with people now. I know that's what God wants me to be. We're part of one body, all working together. It's just started. I'm so excited. But that's lots more to come. Amen. Wow. Thank you, John. Thank you. Wow. I, do you know, I read some of their stories um, prior to this morning, slightly different versions. Um, but do you know, what, what, I, what I love is the, the theme and the thread of, of what they all shared was that this is a church that you can get involved in, and this is a place that has become home. And that would be the longing of our heart. That is the church we are. I believe that's the movement we're part of. And we're a church of activation. We, we want you to get involved. We want to activate you in your faith and give you pathways to practically live this out. This isn't about being a spectator. It isn't about watching something, a few people doing something on the, the field of play. This is about calling you out of the stands and getting you onto the pitch. That would be the longing of our heart. We um, would, would today really act a, as a reminder of that as a prompting of that. We long to see you grow. We long to see you more involved and to invite you into that. But, but a, what, what I would say is to, to grow you, we've got to know you. We've got to know you to be able to grow you. And to, we want to invite you, come and be part of what the Father's doing. Would, would today be a reminder of that? I think uh, nearly all of them mentioned, join a small group. It's the place where we're known. It's the place where we have a home to belong. We'd say things regularly. Come on a Sunday, join a team, start giving financially. Today, would it be a moment to encourage you to really belong here, 
to find a place that is home and a place that is family. Getting into those environments like small group are crucial for that. It's often the springboard that allows us to step out into further growth and involvement. You know, a major part of who we are as a church has always been very simple. We want to love Jesus and we want to love Manchester. And the more we see of Jesus, the more he embeds an overflow of compassion in our hearts for others. If you have been with us since February, you'll be aware that we're in the process of negotiating a community asset transfer with Manchester City Council in order to reopen 422 Stockport Road. That's formerly known as the Longsite Youth Centre. It's just up the road, literally. Our, our dream is that that will be a place of benefit for local people. We want to see their needs supported. We want it to be a place of training, a place for people to belong. It's wonderful what the Lord's doing here, but that needs to extend and outreach into the wider community. This isn't about us having a church home. This is about creating a living room, this environment, with some of the stories that you've heard from those guys share in the wider community. Through the restoration of this building, we hope to work towards reversing some of the detrimental, devastating effects of child poverty and to help a hurting community flourish. So in, back in February as a church, we saw a massive step of faith to raise around £150,000 to take on such a building. And so far as a church family, you gave a staggering £212,000. Quite unbelievable. You know, 422 just up the road has stood empty since 2011. If you don't know it, it's a grand Victorian building. Of course, it is highly symbolic in this um, local community, not just in this area, but actually in the wider city. Siri is not available. There we go, we're back. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's not available. But, um, you know, we, we're not just pursuing restoration of a building. It's way more than that. It's, it's, it's the drive and the longing for what might actually happen practically and relationally with the people in that place. I just want to give you, this morning, it felt like a great opportunity to give you a brief update as to where we're at. You know, we knew that the amount of money that we were asking for from you as a church, would we would need far more than that. We knew that when we asked for it. It felt like the money that we were asking for was just seed money to enable the council and others to start to take us seriously. That is exactly what happened. You know, we also knew that to do this and to do it well, we were going to need far more than we asked from you as a church. A team has come together and relentlessly been working on funding bids. One of those that has been working on those bids sent me this as a message last week. As I'm typing, I have felt a real sense of the Holy Spirit whispering encouragements and truths over us and particularly feel such a renewed sense around doing this as a church rather than as a separate ministry. Everything we hope to do to tackle child poverty, we're already doing for one another, supporting people through relationship breakdown mental health, financial difficulty, long-term health issues. I feel almost overwhelmed at the fact that we aren't just seeking to do compassion or charity to others. We have just received so much from Jesus ourselves and we're just reflecting and bringing him into everything we do. It's not a project or a sideline ministry. This is a way of life. Would it be exactly that?
that would be the dream and the longing of our hearts. Just to give you an update, we believe that we need approximately three quarters of a million pounds. We are confident that we can get that. We've got applications either pending or submitted for well over that figure. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to many of you who have ploughed countless hours and time and energy and, and emotions into making that a reality. We'd ask you at this stage, please keep praying. Pray for our relationships and continued negotiations with the council and with many others. We've consulted councillors, local children's charity advisory boards. We've met with local schools. We continue, as Anjan mentioned, working door to door with some of the local residents in this community and, and discuss the current, local, the current local provision and what would actually most benefit them personally. We continue to work with Manchester citizens and many of us too. Even just yesterday, there was teams out on the streets in three different locations. They were by the building, they were in McDonald's, they were, they were in the library, seeking to hear people's stories and to share some of ours. Based on what we're hearing and seeing, we believe that as a church, we can utilise this building to create a community space to bring about change. Well, we know that the, the, the flesh and bones of this, exactly how it looks, will be shaped by the heart, the skills, and the hopes of the people who become part of this community project. Our plan overall, overarching, is to make a difference in three ways. Firstly, tackling social isolation and promoting resilience within the local community. Secondly, to support and equip people to break the cycle of poverty. And then thirdly, to alleviate the financial burden on families to provide for their basic needs. Many of you will remember, as John just mentioned, as he's doing it, that our, our version of the discipleship year is called 4-1. It's based on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, where it says this. It says, I beg you, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You know, knowing that, it may fascinate you to know that even prophetically, not just our own sense and research, that that building is, is 422 Stockport Road. 2 Timothy 4.22 says this, May the Lord be with your spirit and may his grace be with all of you. Isn't that powerful? You know, the context of that passage is that Paul was reaching the end of his life. He's at the point of looking back, knowing that he had been faithful to the call of God, but it was time to pass on the baton, to hand on the torch to the next generation, preparing leaders to take his place so that the world would continue to hear the life-changing message of Jesus that he was carrying. Timothy was Paul's living legacy. He was a product of Paul's faithful teaching, discipleship, an example. Because of Paul's work, many believers, including Timothy, the world became filled as it is today with many believers carrying on that work. What legacy is it that we would leave in this city? Who are we seeking to train to carry on the work? We want to be an equipping church. It's our responsibility to do all that we can for the emerging generation. We have to take on, we have to reach into, we have to seek to tackle the devastating effects of child poverty. We have to reach into people's lives with the hope, the truth of Jesus. You know, some of the needs in this particular area in the city aren't just the greatest in the city, they're the greatest in the country. Wouldn't it be that the cry of our hearts would be that passage, that the Lord is here, the Lord is among us? 
We're therefore going to call that project 422 Manchester. Many of you are going to have further questions, wanting to know more detail as you start to think about it, but also interact with others in the local area, in the wider city. Many of you are now interacting with councillors, other organisations, charities, future funders, friends and family. You'll want to know more. Therefore, we've dedicated part of the website. You can reach it directly. It's 422 manchester.org there's little cards you can take away that you can then share that with others I, I would say that our compassionate reach into this city is often a moment and an opportunity to awaken awaken people's hearts to awaken them to the lost the last and the least it's an amazing way to share who jesus is and we found that to be our experience, and we know many of you would say similarly. So we'd encourage you to look at the webpage, have it take some of the, the cards. You can find out further where we're up to. What I'd also long to say is some of you will have joined us more recently than February. Don't feel you've missed the moment. I'd encourage you to join in with what we believe the Lord has called us to. You've not missed that moment. The vision talk is on the website, the brochures on the website. You know, we've, we long for you to discover how you can play your part. For some of you, that may be financially. For some of you, it'll be bringing the skills and gifts that the Lord has given you to the table at this time. You know, we've always sought to be a spirit-led church. That's not always the easiest thing to do. At times, it would be a lot easier just to do what we think is right, what we think would work out. But our longing and our hope, yours too, would be to only do what we see the Father doing. Even to undertake a project of this nature, there is an element of stepping into the unknown. Many times I've reflected and felt like Noah building the ark, not knowing fully what was about to come but seeking to be faithful to all that the Lord was asking of him we're seeking to be spirit-led and we have no intention from backing off from that does that mean it will always be easy it doesn't mean there won't be we won't be presented with significant obstacles in the way it doesn't mean that there won't be some seemingly insurmountable challenges but our faith and our trust is in God and doing what we believe he's called us to do. Now, just to say as well, that does not mean we're going to be reckless. It does not mean we're going to pursue this building at all costs. It does not even mean that necessarily this building is the final destination of the journey that we're on. But until the Lord says otherwise, we will continue on, on this course and we will give it everything we've got. We've not been able to get into the building for over five months due to squatters being in there. They're now out, but there will always be twists and turns on the journey that we didn't foresee. We had a very clear prophetic word prior to the summer, of which there's actually been another that have linked to it and surrounded it, particularly around putting our foot down as we go round a corner on the accelerator. Now, you will know that is not normal behaviour. There have been, there will be many corners as we go round the track, but we continue to lean into and press into God for his provision. If he was saying, press on the brakes or change gear, I think we would know it was his leading and his directing, rather than it being any external obstacles that might cause us to break. You know, moments like today as 
we celebrate our third birthday are always wonderful moments. It's amazing as you look back and you reflect on what the Lord is doing. We're so grateful for what he's doing among us. <coughs> we've seen and we've tasted of the goodness of God. But there's always a tension. There's always wins and there's always losses. And I don't want to overlook that today. We're outward looking. We're on a mission. But with that comes challenges. In part, some of those are spiritual. There is a wrestle and the battle. In part, some of those are just the highs and the lows and the challenges and the circumstances of life. Our youngest daughter is nearly free. She was born three months before we launched, sorry, she was born three months before we launched um, Sunday gatherings. We've often tracked her development alongside the church. She's still so young, but goodness me, she's growing up and she's seeking independence. There's many things she now wants to do on her own. Me do it, me do it. You know, the last three years as a church have flown. They really have, but we're still in our infancy. If you know our story, you will know that we longed for children for many years and it was far from an easy journey. We lost our middle child. Steph was pregnant with our second long-awaited baby when we announced we were church planting. Literally the next day, we started to lose that precious one. That due date of that precious one's life has always collided for us with the church's birthday. Under the surface, at this time of year, there's always been pain wrapped within joy. You know, the passage of time, yes, it helps. It definitely does. It helps us come to terms with it. It's helped us find language for loss. But loss is always loss, and it doesn't change. Why, why do I share that with you? Well, because as much as today we celebrate our third birthday, we celebrate what the Lord has done, we celebrate what the Lord is doing, and we celebrate what he will do. But there's much pain along the way for many of us, and we didn't want to sweep that under the carpet. There's many who have faced unresolved health challenges, many who are fighting for marriages, many where there is relational tension, many who have faced redundancy, unmet longings, hopes and dreams, children who have been bullied, bereavements. Many things some of you have faced and are facing Many I'm intentionally avoiding, even mentioning so that not to add to your pain. Some of you, they are things that are seen, some are unseen by others, but they're carried in your hearts. We live in tension. We live between the now and the not yet of the kingdom. But today, more than ever, we want to stand with you and we want to pray as Paul declared in Ephesians 3. He said this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. In, in, in this next season, in this next chapter of the church, would that be the prayer? Would that be the cry of our hearts for you? I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and you will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, 
how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As much as we celebrate the wins, we stand with you in heartache. This is a church that wants to do life together. We have to keep pressing in for breakthrough and salvation, for the breaking in of the kingdom. We cannot settle. We are pressing on for more. Would we continue to follow what we believe the Father is calling us to do? Would we be led by him? Would that be our story? Many of you will be familiar with, with Brother Andrew, a guy who spent most of his life <coughs> smuggling Bibles to the persecuted church. <coughs> he once said this, and it impacted me so powerfully. He said, I, God, I pray that you would help us crawl on our bare hands and knees across a field of broken glass if on the other side of the field there is a single soul that might be saved by you. Would that be our commitment to the lost, the last, and the least? We have to relentlessly create environments to see that become a reality. We're longing in this season to create environments where you can draw others in. Next Sunday is a baptism. What an amazing week to invite people to hear stories of lives changed. There's still time for you to get baptised in that as well. The following Sunday, we're calling it Tri Church. Sometimes I think we need a marker. We need that moment where we, we decide, I want to invite somebody into this. Can I boldly encourage you to step out in faith and invite others in to what the Father is doing among us here? I just want to end by showing you a video we're going to push out on social media prior to that week that I hope would be encouraging. What I love about Manchester Vineyard is the incredible worship, the amazing feeling you get when you're in the space, how loved and welcome you feel, and the people are just incredible and have changed my life and change it every single week. I love Manchester Vineyard because they embrace me for who I am, so I don't have to put any filters for showing my own character. And we love getting to hear more about Jesus, learn more about him, being prayed for by people who are like a second family. I love the heart and the vision of the church. I love the community of people at Manchester Vineyard who really care about me as an individual and what's going on in my life. I love Manchester Vineyard because of the community. I love being a part of Manchester Vineyard. I love worshipping here. It is just such a great opportunity to, to worship God alongside people who, who love him and who, and who love each other. What do I like about Manchester Vineyard? Uh, welcoming people on the car park and uh, just spending time in God's presence. I love Manchester Vineyard because it's passionate about serving Jesus. And you're invited. 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 We, we love what the, the Lord's doing here. We want to invite others into it to be part of it. Just to correct myself, I think I said our daughter was born three months before we went to Sunday, Steph's like, it's actually three months after. I, I do know how old our children are, it's okay. 
Um, can I just finish this morning by, Steph, why don't you join me? Uh, Ephesians 3, verse 20 says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.